Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jim. A little bit of road trip inspiration there for my friends Joe and Woody and the boys of the road group. If you need some inspiration for your road trip or a theme song of your own, well, take a listen. Roadcrew66.com. Hey, today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, How do you beat the heat with a Road 66 adventure? Well, you get your kicks under Road 66. Uh, The idea for this program came to mind the other day I was uh, talking with a fellow about uh, the old ghost town of Gold Road, Arizona. And some years ago, the uh, mine up there in uh, Gold Road had an innovative uh, little tourism attraction, no longer available, but uh, they they had set up one of the old drifts, one of the tunnels, and uh, show you how old mining worked, how you set drifts and timbers and and uh cribbing all these different things and then you get to the end of this tunnel and there was a big sign that you could get a photo op said uh get your i got my kicks under route 66 and uh well you know that sparked an idea beating the heat and uh what better way than to get your kicks under route 66. I'm not sure all these caverns are under route 66, but they're on route 66. They're accessed on route 66. So this morning we're going to talk about caverns and, uh, well, probably one of the most famous of the, uh, roadside attractions. It's, it's been, <laughs> it has been a mainstay for route 66 for, well, decades, but its history, of course, predates that even as an attraction. I'm talking about Merrimack Caverns near Stanton, uh, Missouri. Uh, the earliest recorded history of Merrimack Caverns, of course, this is recorded history. Native Americans knew about these things long before we got here. The, uh, the earliest recorded history of Merrimack Caverns dates to its discovery by uh, Jacques Renault, a French explorer, in 1720. Uh, extensive deposits of saltpeter. This was used for making gunpowder, led to the initiation of mining in the cavern entrance. And at that time, it was named Saltpeter Cave. Stories persist that the cavern served as a stop on the Underground Railroad as escaped slaves moved north. Uh, this is a crucial for the Merrimack Cavern story because Myth and legend have so intertwined with fact, uh, it's hard to separate the two. It's hard to know what's real and what's not, but that's part of the mystique of the caverns and how it developed as a tourism attraction. Historic documentation for the cave indicates that during the American Civil War, it served as a saltpeter mine 
and munitions were uh, milled for the United States Army. Legend has it, another legend, has it that William Quantrell, leader of Quantrell's Raiders, a band of Confederate guerrillas, that may or may not have included Jesse and Frank James, they destroyed the mill in an assault during the Civil War. During the 1890s, installation of a wooden dance floor and bar transformed a portion of the caverns into a popular ballroom, especially during the summer months, as it was much, much cooler. In 1901, expansion of the facility resulted in discovery of other levels and rooms. Various attempts to profit from the cavern as a tourist attraction, however, met with limited success until its acquisition by Lester Dill in 1933. Dill was a true master showman, and he had extensive experience in the area of utilizing caverns as uh, tourist attractions. He claimed that at age 10, he began leading tours from St. Louis into Fisher's Cave on the Mississippi River. In 1927, the state of Missouri established Merrimack State Park with Dill's father as the superintendent. Well, old Lester negotiated with the state for the development of Mushroom and Fisher's Cave. Then on May 1st, 1933, Lester Dill signed a five-year lease with option to buy Saltpeter Cave from Charlie Ruppel. He changed the name to Merrimack Caverns as it was on the Merrimack River. And he had a road to the cave entrance built from Route 66. He utilized the saltpeter mine portion of the cave as a parking facility with promotions that herald the facility as the world's first drive-in cave. And uh, he's credited with what we now think of as bumper stickers. <coughs> Excuse me. He created cardboard signs advertising Merrimack Caverns and paid the boys to wire them onto car bumpers that were parked in the caverns. Well, anyway, in 1934, Dill resurrected the ballroom idea. He purchased the, the caverns from the estate of Charlie Ruppel, sold one half interest in the property to Vivian Peterson, and initiated extensive advertising all along Route 66. He emulated the successful Sea Rock City barn advertisements. And he chose a yellow and red theme for enhanced visibility. And he hired, like I say, local kids and wired cardboard advertisements to cars in the parking lots. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, area businesses. As Dill developed and promoted the caverns as a tourist attraction uh, during the 1930s and 40s and well into the 50s, fabrication and exaggeration blurred the actual history. Additionally, he became a master at using current events for promotional purposes. As an example, with the increasing tensions of the post-war era and rise in fears about nuclear war, Dill stocked one room of the caverns with rations and gallons of water and promoted the caverns as the world's first atomic refuge. To enhance the value of the promotion, cards indicating reservations inside the fallout shelter in case of nuclear war accompanied admission tickets <coughs> a lot of dust in the air this morning my friends um he was a master showman all the way across the board 
In December 1941, exploration of the caverns led to the discovery of additional passages, and Dill immediately claimed that relics in the passage had links to Jesse James. Building on this claim in 1949, Dill re relocated 100-year-old J. Frank Dalton, who claimed to be Jesse James, living under an assumed name, to a cabin he had built on the property. Following this was the dismantling of an old log cabin and its reconstruction in the caverns <coughs> as Jesse James' hideout. And it's still there with a big neon sign right in the entrance. In 1960, he created the Honeymoon Room, an attraction that featured a newlywed couple posing as cave dwellers. They had 10 days to live in the room and find a hidden key for a free trip to the Bahamas. This stunt generated national attention and a feature on the Art Link Letter television program. The caverns to this day remain a major attraction in the area, extensive promotion all along the interstate highway, and their preservation as a tangible link to travel on Route 66 during the 1950s has resulted in their iconic status and their inclusion in the documentary that Billy Conley did several years ago. Merrimack Caverns, great place to visit. Most interesting. Missouri as a whole is, is just filled with caverns. Uh, it's uh, jokingly said often that the state is, is almost hollow underneath. Uh, another one is uh, that's pretty interesting and uniquely done is Fantastic Caverns down near Springfield, Missouri. The uh, natural attraction's a big part of the draw, but one of the things that sets this apart is it's a ride-through cavern. They have a Jeep with little train cars, and uh, it's a 55-minute tour. They drive you through the caverns. That's definitely different. Fantastic Caverns also has a uh, darker chapter. It was used for uh, the big room there at the entrance. According to Candace uh, Taylor, who's researched uh, Green Book for the Negro Modus properties, Fantastic Caverns was a uh, used as a lodge, if you will, for local Ku Klux Klan chapters. And since our sponsor this morning is the Wagon Wheel Motel in delightful, charming, magical Cuba, Missouri, the oldest continuously operated motel on Route 66. It's only fitting that we talk about Onondaga Cave State Park. It's just a spit and a holler from uh, Cuba. You can either follow Highway uh, 185 out of Sullivan, Missouri, or uh, Highway 8 out of, out of uh, St. James and uh, but uh, the best way is Highway H in uh, Missouri. I'll take you right into Onondaga Cave State Park, and that's just outside of Cuba, Missouri. they got several tour options there on Onondaga Cave, and uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. The, the, uh, the large tour lasts 75 minutes. It's about one mile, moderate uh, tour. I should mention uh, Merrimack Caverns. They have several tours options. Uh, they're not exactly handicap accessible. I suppose that's a given. Uh, caverns, of course, cool all year. Uh, Onondaga Cave is uh, supposed to be 57. I believe Merrimack Caverns advertises that they're about 60 degrees all year. And uh, 
the Cathedral Cave is also in Onondaga Cave State Park, and they offer something really unique, handheld lantern tours to give you a sense of spelunking, cave exploring in the 19th century. Uh, really, really fascinating. The Caverns Onondaga is open from the middle of April through the middle of October. And uh, they're officially in Leesburg, Missouri. Also in Leesburg, and Leesburg is like, say, just, oh gosh, within spitting distance of Cuba. And the Wagon Wheel Motel, also in Leesburg, along Route 66, is uh, Belmont Vineyards uh, and Event Center. An excellent, superb restaurant with million-dollar views on top of a hill overlooking the valleys. Great, great option. Oh, you know, out here in the desert, you can beat the heat in the summer. Well, to the best of your ability, anyway. Uh, if you turn off at Essex... California on I-40, Route 66. Look for Mitchell Caverns State Park out there in the Mojave Desert in California. Now, it is a limited access cave. They've done little to really improve it. Kept it in a pretty original state. Really, really fascinating. A little side trip off Route 66. And, uh, at any point, this is an interactive program. So if you have questions, type them in. We're also set up for call-ins. So just feel free to join in and, and we'll get to you here. We'll make this a little more fun. After all, shared adventures are the best adventures. You know, close to my home area here is uh, Grand Canyon Caverns. It's a great stop. I've been, I realized recently that I have been stopping and eating pie there for close to 50 years. But uh, Grand Canyon Caverns will also be a stop on the National Road Trip Day festivities. Uh, May 27th is the fest of the uh, proclamation and the block party in Kingman. May 28th will be a cruise around Route 66 to Sligman, and there'll be a stop at Grand Canyon Caverns. Grand Canyon Caverns kind of mirrors the entire evolution of Route 66. Uh, the caverns was discovered in 1927, and I should note, it's kind of interesting that the caverns weren't, uh, so-called discovered. Of course, the Wallapais knew about this long before. The National Old Trails Road runs right through the property, uh, directly behind the caverns visitor center and restaurant, a little trailer park village there that they rent out. There is little stone culverts from the National Old Trails Highway, which was the, uh, predecessor to Route 66. Uh, discovery of the cavern's entrance occurred in 1927, when according to legend, Walter Peck, a bit intoxicated at the time, nearly stumbled into the opening. Uh, he was on his way to a poke home from a poker game. Peck utilized a winch to uh, lower tourists into the cave originally, promoted as Yampy Caverns. The caverns were about a mile and a half, two miles off Route 66, which was very fortuitous, gave him a supply of tourists. His uh, invention, using a winch to lower uh, tourists into the cave, uh, he, he and his buddies called this a dope on a rope. They would uh, put people in a bucket, give them a flashlight, a lantern, lower them down in the caverns, 
And uh, when they wanted to come back up, they'd give the rope a jerk. There's one or two good documented stories that apparently Mr. Uh, Peck, doing a bit of drinking, he forgot that he had clients in the caverns until the next morning. I don't know what to say about that. But uh, they started out charging a dime. And uh, Mr. Peck, when he discovered the caverns, he went to Prescott and filed a claim on the property. He thought that there would be gold, treasure, silver, something in the hole. Uh, but the silver and gold that he found was more than he expected, and it was in the pockets of tourists. They started out, like say, charging a dime to be uh, for, for, and then they started wondering, you know, if people will pay a dime, I'll bet you'll pay the quarter. And then I'll bet you they'll pay a half dollar. Well, in 1936, a wooden staircase was constructed down into the caverns, and the name was changed to Coconino Caverns. Uh, interestingly enough, when you take the caverns tour today, that is off limits, all the uh, coming in through the natural entrance and down the wooden staircases, the swinging bridges. But they will show them to you. Take a close look at that. It has concrete on it. A lot of the lumber for that construction were concrete forms from the Hoover Dam project. Another opportunity to fill your head with useless knowledge. Uh, shortly after expansion of the property with a developed trail system, and after World War II designation as a fallout shelter and stocking with foodstuffs and other materials by the Civil Defense Department, which, by the way, is still all there. That's part of the attraction on the tour, is all the Civil Defense stuff as a uh, fallout shelter. An elevator provided easier access, and the name became Dinosaur Caverns. Uh, the auxiliary escape, interestingly enough, and you can see it when you're going down in the elevator, is a steel staircase in case the elevator doesn't work, emergency exit. Uh, apparently, the family owned the caverns at that time in the 1950s. Uh, purchased the staircase as a fire escape from a New York tenement. New York City tenement that was being dismantled. It's kind of interesting how all these things, projects from Hoover Dam, New York City, the elevator was a used uh, elevator, came out of a building demolition project down in Phoenix, a hotel, I understand. Uh, the Dinosaur Caverns name, Phila had plans, uh, the owners at that time, they called it Dinosaur Caverns, and uh, they were going to build a whole subdivision with the Jurassic Lane and all these different things never materialized. And there are surviving pictures, uh, artist renderings. They had planned to build a dinosaur on Route 66, head on one side of the highway, tails on the other, to give the impression that the dinosaur was actually under the highway. Uh, another little interesting tidbit about Grand Canyon Caverns is uh, in front of the caverns, it's a four-lane alignment of Route 66. At the time that was constructed, about 59, 1960, that was the only four-lane alignment of Route 66 outside of an urban area between Albuquerque and Los Angeles. Uh, and the reason for that is the uh, traffic was so thick and heavy. This was the, the number two attraction in the state next to the Grand Canyon itself. Plus, there was a major truck stop there. So, like I say, the caverns, in essence, is a uh, living time capsule where the entire evolution of Route 66 
is chronicled and mirrored in the cavern's development. In 1962, it was renamed Grand Canyon Caverns. And uh, a little bit of explanation why they call it Dinosaur Caverns. They never found dinosaurs there. But there is a prehistoric sloth uh, that was mummified. It's in the cave and uh, some other mummified animals. Now, they called it Grand Canyon Caverns in 1962. And this is about the period, the expansion of the complex during the period Installation of a cafe, gift shop at the cavern's entrance, a motel sir, <coughs> with swimming pool, service station, creating a whole kind of resort. <coughs> the Grand Canyon uh, name came about from some tests. They set off some uh, smoke bombs in the caverns, trying to test where uh, the length and duration of the uh, caverns. Much to their surprise, some of the smoke was seen coming out of cracks and fissures in the Grand Canyon itself, which is about 75 miles to the north. After the bypass of this section of Route 66 in 1978, the property fell into disrepair. And uh, then John McNulty got the property. And uh, there again, mirroring the, mirroring the renaissance of Route 66, he initiated an extensive remodel of the property, restoring the restaurant and gift shop, the motel, all to its 1964 appearance. And uh, kind of like Lester Dill, he also uh, was a bit innovative. He added a restaurant in the caverns, and he added a motel room at the caverns. And... Uh, Advertised it as the world's deepest and darkest motel room. And uh, he also expanded the paved trail tours and diversified. You could actually have uh, uh, wheelchair accessible tours or put on overalls and get a, lan a lantern and do actual spelunking. Oh, the Grand Canyon Caverns. And then, uh, of course, they always had uh, Jeremy's mother up there. He was, Jeremy was the restaurant manager. His wife was an old ranch, uh, his mother was an old ranch cook. And uh, he uh, had some great pies up there. Well, hey, do we have any questions or uh, about caverns along Route 66? or anything you'd like to share about your experiences on Route 66 and, and caverns? How about caverns in general? We all know about, I think, about uh, uh, Carlsbad Caverns down in New Mexico. One of my favorites, Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, supposedly one of the uh, largest cave systems in the world. And you can do hiking tours or uh, boating tours on underground rivers at Mammoth Cave. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the program this morning. Uh, we uh, have, like I say, we've kind of changed format a little bit because of schedule and uh, other issues. And so we have Coffee with Jim, our travel program on Sundays. And right now we're running a series, Wake Up With Jim will be, uh, it's a little shorter program, about 15 minutes. It's at 6.30 Wednesday mornings, Mountain Standard Time. Like I say, it's about 15 minutes and we run in a series. 
right now we're doing a series on uh, true crime. And this coming Wednesday, we're going to be talking about Foss, Oklahoma, specifically Foss Lake, and a very macabre discovery that was made there just a couple of years ago. And uh, the official verdict, I'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories, but I have to, I have to ask myself, it just doesn't seem right. Well, you're going to enjoy that. Next week on Coffee with Jim, we'll have another travel adventure, another travel-inspiring adventure. Uh, as many of you know, we're still locked out of Facebook, having tons of problems with that. So, uh, well, we're working with just, we roll with the punches. We're developing the podcast. We're working heavily to, to uh, expand our Instagram account and YouTube channel. And we have just, we're completing a major revamp of the Jim Hinckley's America website, jimhinckleysamerica.com, to ensure that we continue sharing the adventure and inspiring road trips. Hey, I want to thank everybody who joined us this morning. I, I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, do we have any questions or uh Anything I can answer for you before we button this up today? If not, we'll get back to our music with some of the, a little bit of the road crew. And uh, feel free, you know, anytime you want to call in, uh, please do. We have uh, that set up. Uh, I'll get a list of caverns up pretty quick on the website, but today, of course, we talked about Onondaga Cave, Merrimack uh, Caverns, and uh, Fantastic Caverns, Mitchell Caverns, and uh, Grand Canyon Caverns, but there's several more out there, especially in Missouri. My friends, until we meet again, well, via Candias Mi Amigos. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. You'll find a full schedule of my appearances on the uh, Jim Hinckley's America website. I'll be at the National Road Trip Day celebrations, May 27th here in Kingman. Uh, I'll be tagging along on the uh, National Road Trip Day cruise to Seligman, Arizona on uh, Saturday, May 28th. Uh, May 29th, I have a great presentation in... Uh, I have a presentation in uh, Oatman, Arizona. Talking about river boats, railroads, and Route 66. And then I'll have a book signing will follow down the street at Jackass Junction. And uh, the fall tour is shaping up. 
if everything comes together right now, I'll be speaking at the Miles of Possibility Conference in Pontiac, Illinois, and I'll be doing a presentation for the museum in Atlanta, Illinois. If you'd like to schedule a, an appearance for your fundraiser or uh, event, museum, the library, well, drop me a note. My friends, until we meet again, adios.